Welcome to Psychology Has It Backwards. This series will question the assumption that people are psychologically broken and need to be fixed. We will talk about how seeing people as innately healthy will change all of your interactions and outcomes. This is a true paradigm shift, and it simplifies the entire process of dealing with mental distress and allows for more profound and immediate changes. Aloha, and welcome to Psychology Has It Backwards. I'm here today coming to you from sunny and warm Hawaii, and I'm here with my very best friend and colleague and uh, mentor and just generally wonderful woman. Well, Judy Sedgman, and I'm in a little chilly in Pittsburgh where it's supposed to snow any minute. And so I'm really happy that my friend whose spirit is always as wonderful and warm as the Hawaii sun is enjoying Hawaii. (laughs) Oh, Oh, gosh. We have such good time doing these podcasts. I tell you that we uh, uh, have gotten a lot out of just doing these in our own personal friendship. We get to spend time and really learn from each other. And it's been a gas. And we're really grateful that any of you that are still listening are still listening because we're amazed that we can be on like episode 67 or 68. and. we're still coming up with new topics of how psychology has it backwards. So today we're going to continue because we got a lot of um, interest in the trauma-based treatment versus health-based treatment uh, episode we did a couple of weeks ago. And we had some comments that people asked us, well, what about this and what about that? And so we thought maybe we'd address it again um, and see if we can take on some of those questions. So one of the questions was, what about how trauma gets um, in your body and in your muscles and in your cells? And so then uh, how does how does that work? And we all know that there's lots of, you know, different kinds of healing things that think that Somehow our emotions or our traumas, our past are somehow trapped in our muscles or in our body in some way, shape or form. And uh, what we want to talk today about is really how it really works, that that creates the illusion that that's where they're stored. But in fact, memories and thought aren't things that you can put in a box or put in a muscle or put in somewhere. It, it's just a, like, think about it for a minute. Something happens to you, and believe me, I've had trauma in my life, so I, I know from which I'm talking here, is that something can happen in your life and it triggers your thinking about survival. So the way that memory works is it puts those memories on the top of the memory bin so that you survive. I mean, that's just kind of the cool way that the life energy works. I mean, to me, that's amazing that that even happens. And so then we keep thinking about it because we don't understand how thought works. So when we get triggered, we think about it and then consciousness brings it to life. And it does it over and over and over again. And each time you do it, it gets more real, it gets more real. And you get less aware that it's your thought that creates that experience. But the only way that 
anything from your past can be carried through time is via thought. There's not a past. Like there's not a place. Like I used to talk to people about let's go into your trauma. Only we didn't call it that. We said, let's go into the past and find out what happened to you. And it was like, it was a door down the hall. And we'd have to walk into this place called the past. And then we'd like try to rearrange things and think differently about what happened and like stand up to people we should have stood up to or whatever. But it was still just thinking. We're just thinking. There's not a space or a place to go. So trauma is a thought about a moment in time when you are something scared you and your life felt like it was in danger. And then we carry that memory through time. And as, as Roger Mills would say, it gets on your eyeballs. Or George Branska, I forget, maybe it was one of those two guys. They used to always say that it gets on your eyeballs. And then when you look at life, you interpret life through that. So then you react, right? You have a, all kinds of reactions in your body to thought. And when you do this, have the same reaction over and over again, it'll affect that part of your body that you're reacting to. So it appears as if the trauma is in your body. But, you know, for some people, they've had a lot of trauma. Good God, just think of what their body would look like if they were walking around with, a, with things inside their muscles. They'd be like a sumo wrestler. But that's not how it is, right? It's like we pull up a memory and it'll seem real. Now, the more you understand about how that's just thought, then the easier it is when it comes to mind to not react to it and not add fuel to the fire, making it more real and more real. It's like, oh yeah, that's my thinking again. There it is. Okay. And over time, what happens is, is that when you understand that it's just thought it becomes like a kind of like a movie you went to. It still happened to you. You know it happened. You know you were affected by it. But you're not living as if it's real right now, right here, right now. And it's not creating issues. Like there are health issues that come when we live in a really insecure, traumatized state of mind. Because our body, you know, starts to malfunction and we all have different weak points in our body that tend to reflect the stress that we're feeling. But it's, it can't be a thing. You know, one, one way you could look at it is to realize that the power to think is spiritual and the creation of thought is a spiritual, you know, event. A spiritual event has no form. It's the energy of creation. Our brain and our body are physical. And so when we create, when that energy, you know, creates a form that's takes shape in our brain, takes form in our brain so that we see an image of it, the brain doesn't know if it's happening now or when it happened. The brain just responds to trauma as though it was, oh my God, it's trauma again. And so the brain tells the sensory nervous system, oh my gosh, get upset, get going, get ready to save yourself. You know, the body needs it. And everybody knows that under stress, your body responds differently. Your whole body chemistry changes. And uh, then when the stress subsides, your body chemistry returns to homeostasis, as they call it, or balance. 
And so essentially what we're experiencing in our body is the whatever part of our body experienced the trauma or responded or reacted to the trauma or was hurt in some way or we took, you know, experienced pain from, the brain goes, uh-oh, protect yourself, you know, here it comes again. And essentially, I mean, as, as the, the brain obviously isn't speaking to the body and so on, but it's sending chemical information. It's by it's an electrochemical response that the brain has that creates activity in the body. And so people respond to deep stress and negativity in different ways. Um, and for some people, you know, some people, uh, like I have a, a good friend who uses um, his back as a uh, barometer of how he's doing because he gets a pain in his back and he gets kind of where he walks crooked uh, when he when he's really exhausted or when he's been under stress or in, engaged in a lot of stressful thinking. Now, he doesn't think, oh, my gosh, it's my childhood drama coming back into my back again. He thinks, oh, my gosh, I need to take a nap. <laughs> you know, I need to I need to rest. I'm not taking care of myself. And I think that when we when we talk about uh, treating trauma, what we're doing is we're telling people trauma is real. It's part of you, and we've got to keep after it. It's like you know treating a person that has uh, has a skin rash or something uh, that's persistent, and you go, well, that rash keeps recurring, you know. So we have to just keep putting ointment on and keep because that rash, for some reason, it's in your system. But trauma is not in our system. It's in our memory. Memory is, is uh, not real. It's, 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 we have to have something that causes our creative process of the power to think to recreate that incident in order to think it again. And so we're walking around life and sometimes people say, well, I don't know. All of a sudden it just came over me. But if you explore it, you discover that, you know, what happened is they went to an event and they ran into somebody that was there, you know, the night they went to the party after which they had the accident or whatever, that there's some event in their life that triggered their thinking about that trauma or triggered that memory, woke it up, you know, said, "Uh uh-oh, uh-oh, here it is again. And, And I think, you know, it, it, it sounds complicated, but it's really simple when you see that the body is simply responding to sensory input from our thinking, which registers in the brain where the brain says, what am I supposed to do with this now? You know, because the brain's job is to tell your body how to survive. The brain's job is to keep you going. And it, it's regulating the entire system of of our bodies and so it's just doing its job and it doesn't care what you think it'll just make it real you know and then take the appropriate action so it's the same as if i think i'm being followed if i'm walking down a a dark street at night and i think i'm being followed and there's nobody within 25 miles of me i'm still going to have all the experiences of a person being followed you know, the little hairs will stand up on the back of my neck and I'll start breathing heavy and feel scared and start looking for a safe place to run into. And it doesn't matter if there's anybody there or not. We create our experience. So, you know, we, when, as soon as you know, as Chris so beautifully put it, that the trauma is 
is just a memory that's an image that we keep bringing back up again, like a movie. Um, then we can, you know, we can either look at the movie and not be that excited about it because it's something from the past, or we can choose not to look at the movie anymore. Every time that movie starts to play, we go, you know what, I'm stepping out right now. I think I'll run to the ladies' room and go to the kids' some popcorn. <laughs> and I, I'm not belittling trauma. Everybody who's an adult has had some kind of trauma in their life. You can't get through life without, as Sid always said, Sid Banks always said, your life is a contact sport. But we were not designed to relive our traumas. We were designed to learn from them and keep, keep going and live in the present moment. And when we're functioning optimally, we're living in the present moment. Yeah, you know, it's like, um, I don't know if I told this story before on the podcast or not, but if, if I haven't, I'll tell it again because it's a really good one. Um, I was When I was in college, I got assaulted by a burglar. And uh, he, you know, it was, it was very traumatizing for me. I couldn't, like, stay at home alone. I went to, I remember I went to a psychologist and he said, oh, you should move. Don't live in that house anymore. I was like, that is not, I, you know, I was like, that's not what's wrong here. And I knew enough about that, right? But um, every time I'd move, first of all, I moved into a house that had no other accessibility except the front door that had three locks on it. And and then the, then I bought a house and I moved into the house in the first oh two months I lived there. I could hardly sleep because I was always thinking somebody was outside the window or they were coming in or I'd hear a noise and I was terrorized in that. And then each house I got, uh, was a little bit less because I started learning the principles at the same time. So I started understanding like how my thinking worked. So the last time this happened, we had bought a house in Minneapolis and it was a fixer upper uh, kind of ranch house. And um, we bought it and my husband had to leave that weekend to go to a, a conference in San Diego. So I was home alone and it didn't even, I didn't even think about it, right? Anyway, I went to bed, I'm laying in bed with my two Pomeranians and um, all of a sudden I hear somebody walking upstairs and my heart starts to pound out of my chest. I am frozen, I cannot move, I am terrorized. And I looked down at my Pomeranians and they were sleeping on their back, like no sound <laughs> at all. And all of a sudden this thought comes in my head and says, Chris, there's no second floor in this house. No one can be walking over your head. Nobody can be upstairs, right? And I was like, oh my gosh, well, what, what am I hearing? And I realized it was the sound of my pulse in my ear that my brain latched onto, right? And then created this experience that it was outside of me. Now, that, that was hilarious to me when I saw it. And that was the last time that I, I was gripped by those thoughts. Now, when I moved into the house I live in now, about 10 years ago, Sam left again, and I went to bed, and the thought came in my head, like, are you going to get freaked out tonight? No, nah, it's just your thinking. You're in the middle of the country. Forget it. You know, and I went to sleep. It was the last time it happened, right? So it's, it's like you, you just start to let be less afraid of your experience. 
And as you become less afraid of your experience and you know that it's coming from within you, that it's not like a, a haunting that you're, you know, carrying this awful experience, this person who did it to you, usually, you're not carrying them with you through life because it's just your thought now. Was it traumatic? Yes. When, and when people live in trauma, like children that are brought up and they're sexually abused or they're physically abused, does that affect them? Yes. It affects how they think about themselves and how they think about life from that moment on. But that doesn't mean they can't change it. And the thing that I don't like about focusing on trauma being the cause of the way you are now is because you're stuck with it. These things happen to people. And if you don't see it as thought, that's going to be what you are for the rest of your life. Now, Personally, I, I don't want that in my life. I don't want that person to have any more power over me than anybody else. And, and so I, I just think that it's, it, it creates a sense of hopelessness in people where they suddenly become there. Like Oprah is now doing this thing that all diagnosis is, is based on trauma based, uh, trauma is from early childhood trauma. Well, maybe that's true. But that's not the solution to it. It just is another explanation of why people are caught up in the thoughts of the trauma and what they made of it in their own minds. So, you know, I think that, there, and the other thing is just that the, the thing about, um, you know, for uh, when, before I learned the principles, I used to teach people that feelings were like things too. We just make things out of things, you know, it's like as we think about it, we give them a form. And so your feelings, your emotions are not things that can be stored or uh, like vomited out or, you know, nothing. You know, it's funny. I was talking to a veteran the other day who had gone to war in Iraq and he as a very young man and prior to joining the army, which he did, you know, of his own accord because he wanted to, you know, help the world. He was a, uh, he would have had a career in sports. He was a really incredible athlete. And he was one of those high school athletes that plays five sports and, and uh, was being recruited by various colleges. And, you know, he was recruited for football and basketball and track. And, and he could have had all these different scholarships. And he that was his path for life, was going to be physical fitness and sports. And he was going to major in, you know, like physical therapy or something. And so he joined joined the army and and really wasn't too long after he was sent to Iraq that he ended up almost dying getting blown up in a Humvee. And um it it really I mean it just blew up underneath him and and it 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 blew him up in a big way. I mean he's got rods in his leg. He's got one artificial leg. He's got, you know, injuries in his body that, you know, still has shrapnel in it. Um you know, he had, he almost lost his hand. And so his hand is, he's the, they restored his hand, but he doesn't have the use of all his fingers. So obviously his career in sports is, it was a miracle. He even lived through it. He was in Walter Reed hospital for something like three years going through rehab and physical therapy and everything. And, you know, he's, he's walking around the gym and, and, uh, act, you know, doing things in the gym. That's where I met him is in the gym that I go to. And he's, you would never know that any of these things were true, except you can see that he's got an artificial limb. And, um, 
And so I asked him, um, I asked, I asked him about his, you know, just how he was doing and what, what his story was. And he said, well, it doesn't really matter. He said, I was on one path and then something happened and now I'm on another path. And he said, uh, you know, a lot of people think I should have PTSD, but I don't. And I said, well, that's wonderful. And I said, did you have it and then get over it? And he said, no. He said, the day this happened to me, the first thought that came to me is if I live through this, I'm not going to be able to have a career based on my physical strength. So I better start looking in a new direction. That's all he, you know, he's in the hospital, barely alive. And the first thought he had was, okay, well, (laughs) so much for football, basketball, and track. But instead of feeling terrible about it, he was just grateful to be alive. And he said, I was filled with gratitude that I could still even have that thought. You know, like I had the thought and I was excited that I could have that thought. And so I said, so what are you doing now? And he said, well, uh, I, I do, I, I work in rehab. I help people in rehab because so many of them are depressed and there's no reason to be depressed if you're still alive. Now, the reason I'm telling you this story is because it is thought. In other words, you can look at somebody that went through it, and God knows I've worked with a lot of veterans that have gone through much less than he did, that have struggled with PTSD for years. Because for them, that trauma suddenly defined who they were. And for this young man, he was fortunate that the first thought he had was gratitude. And what defined who he was was the fact that he could think of something else to do with his life. And he was so grateful to have that opportunity. And that thought has carried him through life. And so, you know, he didn't even want to tell, he didn't tell me very much. He just told me I'd been Walter Reed for three years, but he said, you know, it's nothing really, I got through it and here I am, I'm in the gym. And, uh, and I, I just was so inspired by him. I just thought, what a beautiful, beautiful person. But everybody has that ability. You, our thoughts, you know, our thoughts create the reality that we live in. And he has created a reality in which his trauma was an event that changed his life. And now he's got a nice life doing something totally different than what he thought he was going to do. And... I think it's important to, to remember that, that, that we are the people with the power. We have the power to decide how much any one thing is going to influence the experience we have of life. And if we don't like the fact that things keep coming up for us, we, we have the power to say, you know what, I, I don't really want to spend this much time thinking about this. Yeah, and it's not... Um, it's not the cause of the way you are, the event, is not the cause of the way you are. The, the, the event may have given you a lot of data to think with and create up a story about it and, and live in, but it doesn't, it doesn't define you. And that's the, where the hope is, that you are more than your past. You are more than your body that there's nothing that can hold you back if you if you really take a look at what you are and that's where the hope comes in when you tell somebody that you are the way you are because of the trauma that you went through the person gets stuck in that moment in time and now what they're left with is learning to cope based on the most negative moment of their life 
Now, it's just not fair and it's not helpful to people to get to find happiness. But happiness is still inside of people, no matter what you've gone through. You, that's what's stored in you, yeah. It's funny, isn't it? It's like what, what gets stored in our body is all the negative stuff, but none of the good stuff is stored in our body. Like, let's go to, let's go to massage and see if I can recall the most beautiful moment of my life, right? It's just part of the world we live in trying to fix what's wrong with us. So look away from that. Look away from that and look towards your health and, and you, you can recover from whatever. Yeah. Because in the present moment, you're safe. You're here. Yeah, you're here. And your health is on inside of you no matter what. No matter what. No one can take that from you. So with that. Yeah, I hope you all found this helpful. Yeah, you too. We'll see you next week. Aloha. We hope you heard something new and that you will continue to join us to challenge the prevailing thinking about the possibilities for health in everyone. To subscribe to the podcast, visit our website at psychologyhasitbackwards.com 